This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. If you are pastor's wife, well, then close the door, get a babysitter for those kids right now because you want to tune in to Voice of Change. It is Lauren Jacobs here on K-Pulpit. Welcome, welcome, welcome to January. Fantastic. I pray that your new year and your festive season was blessed, focused on, you know, God, His goodness, and I pray that He's been giving you new passion and a new word for the new season. Well, like I said, pastor's wives. Now, let me tell you something pastor's wife or pastor's wives you are always on my heart because I know that journey I experienced it when I first got engaged and was first married before my husband and I went into ministry together and it can be an intense road and I know a lot of pastor's wives and today on the show it is all about you now let me tell you about the wonderful guests that I have on the show now Jessica and Stephanie are pastor's wives, but they're also pastors in ministry with their husband. And now they have something special. Together, they founded the Pastor's Wives Tell All podcast. And they have done that with their friend Jenna as well, who is also a pastor's wife, but she could not join us on the show today. But they are speaking up and breaking down stereotypes and also speaking on hard topics that involve ministry leaders that are usually not spoken about and for them they want to break down walls within the church and crush pastor wifey stereotypes with a little bit of ministry a little bit of therapy and a whole lot of Jesus as they always say so it's so cool because Jessica and Stephanie are joining me and we're going to be touching on their stories of how they became a pastor's wife and how they became pastor's wives but they will also be touching on you know stereotypes that pastor's wives have to live up to and how we need to break these down how we can create new cultures and how we need to go about doing this you know today on the show we are creating a safe space where we can talk about a topic that we don't often talk about the pastor's wife carries immense pressure and sometimes those pressures are self pressures other times they are congregational pressures jessica and stephanie know because they have decades of ministry experience between them and so i want to invite you as the pastor's wife to sit back and just be seen today on the show be seen feel seen and feel heard today on the show i pray that you will feel your own expression coming through as we speak about this very important topic so stay tuned for the next hour here on voice of change it's going to be great because breaking down stereotypes that's where it's at let's create a new culture together so jessica and stephanie are joining me to do just that after this jessica and stephanie it is so good to have you both with me today and i know that we're going to have such a great conversation it's going to be breaking down some stereotypes speaking a lot of truth especially when it comes to being pastors wives and what that really means and I know for all the pastors wives who are listening to us today they're going to be turning up that dial and saying okay I'm tuning into this conversation what do these ladies have to share with us but before we get into that 
Welcome to the show today. It's so great to have you with me. I know that a lot has been happening in your life. So thank you so much for this time and for being here today. Thank you. It is such an honor to be with you. We're so excited about this. It is so cool that we can connect just across like different countries and times and spaces. So it's super cool. Now, I want to start off with saying, you know, I want to get a little bit into both of your stories so you can decide who goes first, Jessica or Stephanie, you know, about your journey to being a pastor's wife. You know, what has that been like and a little bit of that experience. So I'd love to hear from both of you so you can decide which one of you want to share with us first. Okay, well, this is Stephanie, and I I think I'll go first. So I actually, in high school, was really searching for um, what God would have me to do. I took everything um, very seriously as a high schooler. I wanted to follow the Lord with all of my heart. I wanted to go where he wanted me to go. And um, there's been a few times in my life that I felt that the Lord truly spoke to me very vividly where I knew without a doubt, this is what he was saying. And that happened my senior year of high school, one of those times. And I remember I was sitting in a service um, and the preacher was talking and I had been praying like, God, what is, what's your will for my life? And what do you, what do you want me to do? And I remember him saying that uh, God's will is not this crazy thing. It's not like lightning strikes and all of a sudden, here's the will of God. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but he places like desires in your heart when you're seeking him and searching Mm -hmm. for him. And it, he will let you know in these small ways. And I remember sitting there and vividly, it was like, God said, you're going to be in church ministry one day. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, so what does this mean? Am I going to be like, (laughs) like a pastor's wife or something maybe? Or like, Mm. um, and I had a real big heart for teenagers and I was a teenager, but I also thought very deeply about things, um, probably more so than a lot of the other kids my age. And so I remember thinking like, I want to reach teenagers for Jesus. And I remember being a teenager thinking that. And so that seed had been planted. And what's funny is fast forward, probably a month or two, I had told my best friend, this dream of mine, that this calling from God, what I felt like he was saying to me. And she, she called me up one day. She's like, Stephanie, I have met the man you're going to marry. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And she said, I have met the most perfect guy for you. Um, He's, he wants to be a youth minister. He feels like God's called him to that. And Mm. she said in everything about him, he's absolutely perfect for for you. But there's only one problem. Mm. He's dating someone and he's been with her for like four years, but that's totally (laughs) fine because he's going to break up with her and you're meant for each other. But um, fast forward, uh, she was right. Um, (laughs) we actually ended up meeting when I went to college as well. And at that time he had broken up with her and the rest is history. We um, both had a heart for teenagers and youth ministry and God has led us ever since we were at our first church for over a decade. And then now we've been at our current church for five years now, and we don't ever want to do anything else. We want to be in youth ministry until we're 80. So (laughs) that's kind of my story. That is amazing. That is amazing. I love that your friend was there and she was like, I just know this is the man for you, right? This is like God's man for you. Yes. So that's some encouragement for the singles listening to <laughs> us. You never quite know. You know, uh, I I remember hearing a pastor of the one church that, that um, I was in when I was a teenager and he met his 
wife that he had on a blind date, but it was a blind date that they were set up with other people, you know, so they weren't (laughs) set up with each other. (laughs) They ended up, you know, kind of being like, oh, they're not interested in their dates. So they kind of swapped (laughs) and then they ended up together. So you never know. I mean, encouraging for the singles out there. So Jessica, what was your journey like? Yeah, so um, I definitely all my life, uh, starting in eighth grade, knew that um, God had called me to missions. And so uh, I just didn't know what that was going to entail in ministry. Um, And then I'll fast forward to uh, my ninth grade year. I started at a church, was dating the pastor's son, and then along comes uh, my husband, my future husband. Uh, At that time, I was like, never. Uh, But he came in and followed the youth pastor uh, into the church. And uh, over the next four years, I knew of him, but we absolutely did not like each other. And so... Mm. I never knew I would be with him because we both, he thought I was a, he thought I was a tomboy and I thought he was a player because he was. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and then two weeks before, you know, a couple of years later, two weeks before I graduated, uh, we were trying to help friends out going on a, a double date and we went with them and we were just with them as friends. And then we fell in love and they did not. (laughs) And Uh, And then after that, we went right into college and uh, two years into college, uh, my husband graduated and we went right into youth ministry and we have been in ministry for almost 20 years next year. Wow. And so what happened with that is we spent almost 12 years in youth ministry and I absolutely loved it just like Stephanie and Isaac do. It is I think it is one of the hardest ministries Mm. and I think it is one of the most man amazing ministries to watch kids grow in their faith and be discipled and become young men, men and women for God. It is just a beautiful thing. Uh, But God had another part of our story. And that was uh, seven years ago. uh, We became pastors at a church plant Mm. and that absolutely has been I honestly, we went through a lot of church hurt, just to be honest. And a lot of that we talk about on our podcast. And uh, I remember telling my husband when we were going through church hurt, I was like, you know what? I think that if anything, if you ever become a pastor of a church, we have learned how not to be Mm. in ministry. And if that's what we get out of it, then I think it'll be worth it. (laughs) Mm. Um, because we just dealt with a lot of hurt, but it actually did help us because, um, we, we ended up learning how to go through each ministry and know how important it is and that we are a body and that no ministry is more important than the other. And, Mm. um, it has been a beautiful thing. And this past seven years has been so amazing to watch God change us, to see the church and to see discipleship and to be just to see the Holy Spirit moving. It's been amazing. And Mm. so I wouldn't take back the church hurt. It was horrible, but it got us to where we are. And um, yeah, I just thank God every day for it. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing that as well. I think so much of us who are listening can connect with that and have been through that and can probably say what is maybe some people listening to us even in the middle of that and going, well, maybe there is a purpose for this or there can come some meaning from this. 
because we know that church hurt is so intense and it's so hard. And I'm so grateful that you share that today as well. Not only are you, you know, both pastors' wives, but you're pastors as well, you know, which yeah. is which is very, very cool and phenomenal. And I wanted to say that, you know, thinking of that, there's a lot of stereotypes, in fact, that we think about or that people think about sometimes. We ourselves maybe don't think about it, but when it comes to that term, and I, I believe it's become a term of going pastor's wife, it's kind of like a kind of a very boxed stereotype of what you need to be, what you need to do, who you need to be, how you need to show up, when you need to show up, which is usually all the time how you need to show up in one capacity and how many cupcakes are you going to be making and how how many things are you going to be doing? There is, seems to be yes. a loaded stereotype. Have you both discovered this when it comes to pastor's wife? It's not even a title. It's like this term that you, and you don't get paid for. A lot of people don't get paid for being the pastor's wife. But yeah, it's like, sure. there, there you go. You're just the pastor's wife. What are the stereotypes that come with that word with these two words and how have you both discovered this well i will say the stereotypes i think i came in with stereotypes already ingrained into my head mm -hmm. and some of those were she dresses a little bit differently than everybody um she which <laughs> let me just say i i remember i wore skirts and dresses Mm. were the first couple of years to every service and was like dressed to a T because I thought that's what I was supposed <laughs> to do, yeah. um, which I know is silly, but that is what I thought. Um, I know there are stereotypes of that. We have it together mm. and we don't always have it together. We are not always the most spiritual person in the room, yeah. um, but that's kind of what people think. They think that if your husband is a pastor and he is preaching the word, then you both must like know it or have it memorized. I don't know yes. from the first page to the last, yeah. but that's not always the case. And we struggle and we sin and we mess up. And I know another stereotype is marriage, mm -hmm. for instance, that our marriages must be better than other people's marriages. Mm -hmm. I even had um, a friend and she was so sweet and just, she, <laughs> she made this statement to me. She's like, I bet your husband and, and she said the name of our um, head pastor as well. She says, I bet y'all they're, they just are really good husbands. Aren't they? They just, you know, like, and she was going on, I looked yeah. and I was like, um, well, I mean, yeah, but they're human. <laughs> they're yeah. perfect. But it's funny because people think that, and honestly, we have found that there are a lot of struggling marriages mm -hmm. among pastors and their mm -hmm. spouses. Like there is so much spiritual warfare when it comes to our marriages that it's unreal. Oh, amen. Yeah, that's so true. And I would say, yeah, what you said when you started the question is, I think a lot of churches uh, created a culture years and years ago, ago that uh, pastor's wives need to be all things to all people. Mm. And um, it's just incorrect. And what has to happen is creating a new culture that is not based on people's opinions, but is based on scripture and know that women, what happens with these pastor wives when we work with them and just in our own lives over almost 20 years of being in ministry is a lot of times we put the pressure on ourselves because we've compared ourselves to the pastor wives we've seen growing up yeah. and that are around us. 
And we think we have to be like that. I know when I went into being a pastor wife of lead pastor wife, the first time with the church that we're at now, I looked at the pastor wife and I go, man, I don't, I don't want to do kids ministry like her. And, um, you know, I saw things that she was so good at and I was like, uh, you know, that's not me, you know? Um, and then I started to compare and then I was like, when they left, I was like, are the staff going to love me like they loved her? Hmm. And I was like, because I'm not like her, they seem so close and you kind of get yourself in a tailspin and all of that was created in my head (laughs) Hmm. and none of it being truth. You know, I had to know that like God had called me to be who he's called me to be. And he called her to be who she is. And they're equally beautiful, Hmm. Um, but he's created us all different. And in this new season of this church, he called me and my husband. And so I had to step into that role, being confident in who God's called me to be and know that I have to say no to things. But then I say yes to the things that I am passionate about. Are there times when I am doing way too much and need to say no? Yes, I still get that wrong a whole lot. Um, But I really try to um, take time and know that I don't have to be at everything. Now, I am the pastor wife that, and Stephanie can tell you, and Stephanie is a lot like me. I love to do all the things. Mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. My husband and I are in ministry together. We always have been, but I know a lot of pastor wives are not like that. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just resting in who he's called me to be and knowing I can only be that Mm -hmm. and not compare myself. Comparison can just eat you up. Mm -hmm. So just being confident in who God's called you to be is so, so important. Hmm. And Jessica, was that like a quite a journey for you? I'm sure there were like ways that you had to move towards being that, like you said, you know, kind of almost taking over a role that someone else had fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that congregational members can have expectations and unhealthy Mm -hmm. expectations or even, you know, ungodly expectations of what you need to do and who you need to be. And doesn't it, hasn't it been a journey to get to that point and having to kind of create boundaries or finding a space? Yeah, it definitely was a journey, um, but I will tell tell you, starting with a church plant, I know is a lot easier in a lot of ways. It's hard in a lot of ways, but we got to come in there and create a new culture, not mm-hmm. something that had been passed down from generation, um, that the deacons are just the ones that are heading up a church and um, we're going by the bylaws and this is how it's always been done. And so we're going to continue to do it that way until the church is gone. (laughs) um, So we really came in and prayed as a staff and created a new culture. Um, And so that I will say that helped, but yes, it did take me a while. And, and I also was coming into this new position, um, not trusting because Mm -hmm. I had no, like, because of our church hurt, um, it was hard for me to trust the staff that I don't know because the people in the staff of our last church did us so dirty. Um, so it took a while more with trust issues that they loved me for who I was. That took longer than anything. Um, but I will tell you a funny thing is I, um, run a nonprofit out of Rwanda, Africa. Okay. And it's called come away missions. And, um, that's for a whole nother, uh, radio episode. (laughs) Um, Definitely. 
But um, one of the things that God placed on my heart, literally right before I became a pastor at our, our church now, is women. And I absolutely love teenagers, but I never wanted to work with women. I grew up hanging out with the guys. I was a tomboy and I hated drama. I hated gossip. I hated drama and boys, they'll just tell you like it is. And that's what I like. And um, so women were not my jam. It's not what I, it's not what I loved. I had my friends and I was good with that, but the Lord really changed my heart um, and started a a ministry with Kamoe missions with women, but Mm -hmm. also was preparing my heart to be a lead pastor's wife. And so it was really such a cool thing to see that happen because he knew that I was fixing to step into that role and Mm -hmm. I was going to be with women all the time. And I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad I opened up because a lot of times I I can miss that. I can miss that for selfish reasons and, or because I have my own opinions. Um, But it has been so cool to watch and be a part of. Mm, This is so cool to hear you sharing about that. I relate so, so much to you uh, in that. And I also just had all the guy friends, you know, and I'm sure some people (laughs) listening to us also like, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. You know, because guys are like, hey, so simple. It's like no drama. Like you just like you said, like, come on, come on. (laughs) And I remember saying to a friend, I don't have a heart for women, you know, and he was like, oh, what are you up to now? You know, because everybody around me was also like, you're going to be like working with women. Woman, woman's women's gym. I'm like, I don't have no heart for women. Like, seriously. You know, yes, it's, girl. It's amazing, right? So uh, yeah. it's it's actually interesting. And, you know, I want to leave that a little bit with the listeners while we go to a quick song break, because sometimes I kind of feel like we don't really know what God is up to. And we could, like you said, we think that we are in a certain situation or we only get along with certain people or we have a heart for something. But God can do like such incredible things when we open up our hearts to him. So we're going to take a quick music break, but we don't want you to go anywhere because Jessica and Stephanie are still with me after this. And we're going to get deeper mm-hmm. in to Pastor's Wives and Pastor's Wives Tell All. So stay with us. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today. If you're just joining the show, where have you been? Because we are in the middle of an incredible conversation. I'm joined by Stephanie and Jessica part of the trio of pastors wives tell all and it has been such a great conversation up until this point really talking about their journey on becoming not only pastors wives but pastors as well and you know the stereotypes that are there and the stereotypes that pastors wives themselves have not only just the congregation now Stephanie, actually, I'm going to ask you because we were talking about, you know, stereotypes that we have Mm -hmm. that we come in to this with, you know, I've met women who are pastors' wives that say, you know, sometimes it is so intense for them because congregational members will come to their home like at all hours of the day and expect prayer and expect the pastor and the family his family to be there for them and and just you know you have to go to all the hospital visits and if you don't go to someone's house in like three months to to see them then they don't say hello to you when you buy the mall you know and there's so much pressure on you and i've met Mm. a lot of pastors wives who who are going well my marriage is struggling because you know people come to my house all the time and expect us to be there and serving and i don't have time to cook meals or i don't have time to be there for my children and i don't know how to do this you know and sometimes pastors wives begin to feel alone because there is so much that's placed upon them 
And what would you say to someone that's maybe listening that's in that situation that has that experience and that just doesn't know anymore because they feel called to this place but burnt out in this place as well? I would say that the one thing I have learned through the years that would help anybody in ministry is you have to have healthy boundaries. And I know that that's something that we talk about in other elements of our lives, but this is so stinking key. And we talk about this a lot on the podcast. If you and your husband don't have that good communication where you're talking about where you're laying your calendar out and you look at each other and say, we have to protect some time. We have to have time for just us. We have to have time for just our family. Is there someone else in the church can, can handle things and know that this is our time that we're spending just family. Can you handle any emergencies and just, and, and create that, like Jessica's talking about creating a culture, like you kind of have to come into your church right away saying, Hey, this is, this is what I'm going to need. If I'm going to be here, like Mm. I need my family to be number one. And I think a lot of people don't do that. I actually um, have a friend who we've had on the podcast before and her parents were um, pastors in the Methodist church. Her dad was so good in the very first meeting. He said, I just want you to know um, up front that my family does come first. And if my child has something that I need to attend, I'm going to that no matter what, like Mm. my family does come first. And I think like, we think we can't do that, that we think that putting God first means putting church people first, but that's not the case because God gave us a first ministry Mm. and that's our family. That's each other spouses. Like we're supposed to be taking care of each other. And I would say like, you have to have boundaries. I know some people say, oh, I can't do that. Mm. I can't say no to this or that. Yes, you can. And I want to give you permission right now, if you're listening, yes, you can say no. It's okay to say no. You're not saying no to God. You're saying yes to the first ministry he gave you. And I mean, even I talk about communication. So let's say there is a situation that comes up. I remember there was one night, um, my, one of my children really needed me and my husband, but a college student had reached out and needed to talk. And we just, we realized we both looked at each other. We talked about it and we said, our son needs us. Mm -hmm. And we had to say, Hey, so right now doesn't work, but we definitely want to be there for you. Does this time or that time work for you? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it's just little things like that. Like, and I get that there are things that happen. Like somebody dies. I mean, I get that's a tragedy. There's things like that. You can't help, but even like around the house, having boundaries in your marriage where you say, Hey, I need help with the things around the house. It can't be all on one person. It just can't. And I know we've grown up hearing that the, I mean, or we have anyway over, I don't know what it's like over there, but over where we are, it's the woman, Mm -hmm. the wife Mm -hmm. does all of the house duties Mm -hmm. and takes care of the children Mm -hmm. and the husband just goes to work. But when you're in ministry, you're both ministering Mm -hmm. and then you have this house. And if it's laid all on just one person, you will be burnt out and you will fall apart. So, and that goes back to once again, healthy boundaries in your marriage. You've got to have that set up or you will. So I just want to empower people that are listening, the women out there, you can sit down with your husband and share your heart kindly Mm -hmm. and say, I need help. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm feeling, or this is what's happening. And can we set up some better boundaries? Mm -hmm. 
Amen and amen. It, it is so similar here as well. There is still so much of that, like you said as well, of women having to do, you know, childcare, having to look after the home, and yet still. And I know women too that are full time pastors, but still have to do all of those things. And that is such wisdom that you're sharing with us as well, as well as that permission to say we have to have these healthy boundaries we have to say these things you know Mm -hmm. and and also that's a challenge to people listening as well to say how are you raising your sons how are you raising your boys to say you know are they having this expectation that when they get married one day even though their wife is maybe you know whether she's in the business whether she is you know a pastor you know is there that expectation that we're raising our children to have to say hey you know my wife is the one that must cook or must make up the bed every single morning or must do everything. It's not okay for us to be raising our children like that either. And, and it's so important. And, you know, Jessica, you were talking earlier on, you're talking about obviously planting a new church and, and how, you know, coming into that, you can automatically create this new culture right from the word go but if there are people who are listening who are saying well actually i've been in the church for a long time and now you know something happened and the lead pastors maybe passed away or is no longer around and now i'm taking over this new role pastor pastor's wife how do we create a new culture within or among a culture that might still be there and it's been kind of handed down and and possibly been there for a while. I'm sure that this takes a lot of work, but how do we create a new culture and bring in the newness that is almost healthier? Yeah. I wanted, before I answer that, I wanted to add um, something that we've talked about before is that if the pastor is not taking care of his household, Mm -hmm. then he probably shouldn't be on stage Mm. preaching. Because if you're not taking care of the first thing that God called you to, then you're not going to be able to be what the church needs Mm -hmm. because the church needs to see a man of God and, and pastors that are serving their family, discipling their family and loving their family well. And if they're not doing that, then I guarantee you 99% of the time, then they're not being led by the spirit because God would not ever, ever call someone to the stage and to preach, but not to be being at home and being a godly man that he is called to be. Mm-hmm. So you got to be very careful with that. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen that so many times in ministry and it's very sad how often that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to say that, but Um, creating the new culture. I think like Stephanie said, it is starting, it's truly starting small because you can't come into a church and start (laughs) making Mm. all these changes. Um, It is going to be slowly building relationships and starting small and looking because you don't want to ever go into a space and just start making changes. You need to go into a space and learn the culture, learn, build relationships, earn their respect and love them well. And then God will lead you to start changing the things that need to be changed within the church. And I think a lot of times, like Stephanie said, a lot of those are going to be just building, putting that boundaries with your family. Mm. And they're going to start to see, wow, I, I, I can't really need to, I don't need to call the pastor or their wife at 10 o'clock at night. I bet they're, yeah. I bet they're busy, you know, yeah. <laughs> or eight o'clock. Um, 
you know, in, in knowing that and starting to make boundaries and start with conversations, just letting them hear your heart and things, um, I think will slowly start to change. But then if it's a pastor and a pastor wife listening, it's to start loving their staff well and start getting their opinions, because especially if they've been there for 10 years, you need to earn their respect and hear their hearts and what works because they've been there long. Um, but I, I, for me, I know it's, it's kind of hard because I came into a church culture that was new. Mm -hmm. So I kind of can only go by that. Um, so it was just loving them well, listening to them, doing it together as a body of Christ, and then slowly making changes. And one, I will say this before Stephanie speaks, Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is um, give your staff and give your church freedom to fail Mm. because that's not happening. It's, we don't need a perfect church. Mm. We don't need perfection on stage. We, the church needs to see imperfection. Because what happens is the standards are so high on that stage so many times that people sitting in the pews and in the chairs go, I can never live up to that. Yeah. I can never live up to that perfection. So there needs to be honesty from the stage and from the staff. There needs to be vulnerability in every aspect of every relationship that happens. And then there needs to be freedom to freedom for people to fail and go, you know what, we're going to walk with you with this and it's going to be great. And if it's not, it's okay. We'll go back to the drawing table and figure out how to make it work if it's what God's called. So freedom to fail. And I, I mean, I challenge everybody that's listening. That's in your life in general. Yeah. Give yourself freedom to fail and know that it's okay. And to pick it back up, go back to on your knees and ask the Lord, God, what did we get wrong? Is this of you? And how can we make this better? Mm, Wow. Thank you so much for that. I love, love, love what you just said. Stephanie, is there anything you want to add in closing? Like the time went so quickly. I feel like what just happened. But in closing, (laughs) you know, Stephanie, is there anything you want to add to that or just maybe a message to pastors, wives, pastors, families, maybe who are listening? I do want to echo what Jessica just said about doing it slowly and getting to know the people. I will say this, our lead pastor now has done a phenomenal job of coming into a church that was a little bit broken and has Mm -hmm. some problems and he loved on them well and has been faithful and he's made changes so subtly, like they're so small at a time and, but he's done it and they've gone along with it because he's earned their trust. And I think once you do that, you're, if your people love and trust you, they're more willing to take a leap of faith on small things. And you don't start big, you start little and you let people know, like, I actually care about your opinion. Like, tell Mm -hmm. me why, why is it like, ask them questions. Cause some of them probably don't even know why it's bothering them, Mm -hmm. but maybe just say, Hey, so why does it bother you so much about maybe changing out that carpet or whatever it is, you know, (laughs) like, why does it bother you so much about changing the music a little bit? Like what, what's going on and listen to them because you might get to a root to some of something else that's going on in their life. And I think like, once you Mm -hmm. truly love people like that, you do, you earn their trust. Mm -hmm. So I guess we could just close out by saying for those listening, gosh, we don't know you, but we love you. Mm -hmm. And we will be praying for you. We pray for people we don't know. <laughs> we're like, mm-hmm. Lord, just the pastor's wives that are listening, that are out there, that need you. Um, 
show them Mm -hmm. that you are there with them, that they are not alone. Because I think that we feel so alone. Sometimes you are not alone. You're not the only one going through this. You're not the only one who's struggling behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And it is okay to come out and ask for help. It is okay to show your imperfections Mm -hmm. to your church people. Like Jessica said, that is so, so important. You can be a real person. <laughs> you really can. You really can. <laughs> you can. You can. I I just want to say thank you so much to both of you. I think everything that you have both shared this evening has touched our hearts and our lives in so many different ways. And even for myself, just listening and being with you both here today has just been an incredible blessing. Thank you for being so real and open and for being phenomenal women. I'm so grateful that you have both showed up in life to just say, hey, we're just going to be real. We're going to be honest. And these are the conversations that we need to have. And other people, like you said, need to hear it as well. And, uh, uh, and I'm so grateful you pray for people that you don't know. Now you just got to Now you've added me to your list of people that you kind <laughs> of you kind of don't know. So now you're going to be praying for me. Thank you. <laughs> I want to say thank you to to you both, Stephanie and Jessica. Thank you for answering the call to come on to the show today. It's been phenomenal. I'm so grateful. And yeah, I just pray you know God's richest blessings on everything that mm. you both, as well as your families, are going to get up to. You know over the next year as we even go into the new year i'm sure mm-hmm. that god wants to just give you fresh vision and pile on some beautiful grace and love into you both so thank you so so much thank you so much this was an honor and um we'll be praying that this goes out to whoever needs to hear it and thank you for just having the platform this was amazing thank you thank you both and take care <laughs> bye I love these women so, so much. You could just hear so much love and so much compassion coming through from them. And I want to say thank you again to them for being here today. Maybe you're not a pastor's wife, but maybe you're the pastor and you're actually listening in today and you're realizing things yourself about what you need to be doing. I pray that that is truth today. I pray that you are challenged through this today because sometimes You know, pastors' wives carry, like I said at the beginning of the show, a lot on their shoulders. And we've seen, you know, even comedies like Mom's Night Out where the pastor's wife is there. And I was always watching her through that movie because it's a comedy and it's supposed to be, you know, satire and taking these things out and about. But she was more put together than her husband and she was just so you know, in control of everything and looking so calm all the time. It's very much that stereotype that we have of the pastor's wife, but also it's the pressure many pastor's wives do feel. And I want to say today to pastor's wives that please just, you know, know that you do not have to do everything. And also to pastors to realize that your families are your first ministry. We can never, ever forget that. And when we do forget that, we begin to put the cart before the horse, so to say. God wants us to love our families. It's a challenge to all of us. Anybody that finds himself in a leadership position to know that your family is first and then we serve from that and I know because a lot of people sometimes say well my husband spends so much more time with the congregation than me or my children as a pastor's wife there is strain here and you know what we don't want that to be the case 
I want every pastor and his family to be healthy, whole, loved, and taken care of. I mean, ultimately, that's idealistic, but ultimately, it is a prayer from my heart to yours. So today, I want to say thank you for being with me on Voice of Change. This has been a great conversation. I pray that you have been heard, that you've been seen, and you have felt the love from the show today. It's been really great. See you next week. Take care and God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.